Welcome to Season 1, Episode 4 of Family Planning for Docs, Thriving or Surviving. This podcast is an extension of our platform at www.familyplanningfordocs.com, a website created for Canadian medical trainees to highlight useful information about family planning in a medical career. Our group has a mission to inform medical trainees about their options regarding family planning while navigating training, career, and personal life. Our research has demonstrated that personal stories are really impactful, and we hope to provide access to a diverse number of stories to current trainees. On our podcast, we hope to capture the stories of these professionals who have navigated the training process and a career while planning parenthood, parenting, and the supports along the way. In this episode, we have Dr. Stephen. Stephen, we are thrilled to have you on our podcast today. Thank you on behalf of our entire team for taking the time to share your story today. Thank you for this opportunity. So I'm just going to get started by asking you, what does a typical day in the life of Stephen look like? <laughs> sure. So I, I work in a, a smaller city in southern Ontario, and uh, I essentially divide up my time uh, half between comprehensive family medicine in a group practice, and half of my time is in palliative care, uh, where I work as part of a team, and we do a lot of home visits, uh, hospital visits, uh, hospice work as well. Uh, so in terms of how I, I got to this point in my career, uh, so I did four years of medical school, and then I completed two years of family medicine residency. And then during my second year, my partner was actually encouraging me to look for options for a third year uh, to just basically expand my options, uh, just in case of any government action against comprehensive family medicine in the future. Uh, so I, I took her advice and I decided to do a rotation in palliative care and I, I really loved it. I applied for and got accepted at some of the PGY3 programs in palliative care. I chose one of those and completed that. And I've been working ever since in a kind of a 50-50 mix of family medicine and palliative care. Uh, typically how I divide up my time is on Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm in comprehensive family medicine. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm doing mostly home visits for palliative care with my team. Uh, but I do respond to palliative care issues throughout the week. Um, I get messages and, and uh, do deal with virtual care uh, just in between patients. That's incredible. So it seems like you're able to kind of do both and split up your time evenly. I know for some um, family doctors that have done a plus one, they choose to do, you know, one day a week. Do you enjoy doing the palliative care as much as the family medicine? Um, yeah. What is, what does your split look like? Yeah, I'm, I'm really loving it. Actually, I, I get a lot of inner satisfaction from my palliative care work, sometimes even more so than my family medicine work. It's it's really nice to see uh, when patients have a life-limiting illness and we, we go in and assess them and see what their needs are, what their symptoms are, uh, see how basically we can help. And, and sometimes within hours to days, they start to feel better. And they're, they're really thankful for our team's involvement. Uh, our team makes ourselves available uh, by phone 24-7. And we work together with the visiting nursing in the community. So if people's goals are to try to stay home uh, towards the end, then we, we do our best to try to make that happen. And usually families are, are very uh, appreciative of this. That's incredible. Like I mentioned earlier, our goal of the podcast is really to see how you've been able to fit your family plans while also having this amazing career. Um, what inspired you to start a family? 
So start, starting a family was always something that uh, my partner and I wanted. We had spoken about it before marriage and then uh, after marriage, of course. Uh, we didn't specifically time anything necessarily. We, we just kind of waited until things felt right for us. Uh, for us, that personally, that that was just basically after we had a house and some stability in our work. Uh, but certainly everyone is, is different. So it, it would really depend on, on their personal circumstances. But that was just how, how we felt it was natural for us. Amazing. And I think a lot of medical trainees that are listening um, think a lot about timelines. And I know you mentioned that you didn't really have a specific time and it was more so based on the stability. Um, What point in training did you have children? Uh, Were you a resident, a staff physician? Uh, So both my partner and I were staff physicians uh, already. Amazing. And um, when you were a staff physician and had um, your child, were you able to take paternity leave? Um, How did that look like for your partner and yourself? So, so for myself, I, I wanted to be able to take uh, some time off at the time of delivery. So I wanted two weeks off at the time of delivery. But then I also wanted to take six months of paternity leave in total. Um, and I decided to do that in co- combination with my partner. So my partner took the first six months of baby's life, and I took the second six months. And personally, for me, this was very important because I wanted to develop a very close relationship with my child. And it was very important to me as a development as a father. Uh, the goal for both of us, Uh, for our child was to have the child in daycare at around age one. Uh, So we did have a set time where we were hoping to go back to work. Uh, So one piece of advice I I would like to pass on to the listeners uh, is that it's very important to to secure daycare or childcare well in advance. Um, In in our situation and probably in many others throughout uh, the country, uh, it may be necessary to get on more than one daycare waiting list uh, Mm -hmm. because the the waiting list can be quite long. Uh, Sometimes um, we may be told that uh, a spot is available or is, or is pretty much quote unquote guaranteed, but that's not necessarily the case. And if, if you do have a set time that you do have to get back to work, uh, then it, it's really important that that gets solidified. So that, that was one of the main things that we, we basically did very early on, even while my partner was pregnant. Uh, so yeah. before delivery that we got on several waiting lists, we went on tours of daycares, uh, expanded our options, not just in the city we live in, but also the city that I work in and uh, other places uh, surrounding. So we basically tried to to set that up ahead of time. So you Um, can't really ask the day before as well. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, you may have to extend your your leave even further uh, in order to to care for your child. And when you were kind of going through the process of figuring out which daycares, um, what resources were accessible to you? Like, how did you figure out which ones you wanted to kind of apply for? Uh, so the, my, my partner took the lead on, on taking a look at all the various daycares in, in the area. We basically made a huge spreadsheet uh, and listed all the pros and cons of various daycares. Uh, we spoke to uh, colleagues, uh, other friends, uh, people in the area, uh, visited as many daycares, went to open houses or set up appointments to, to go to each one uh, to basically get a sense of what a day-to-day uh, uh, life in the daycare would, would look like for our child. Uh, so that kind of helped us narrow it down a little bit. Um, and then basically we just put ourselves on as many wait lists as made sense and uh, some of them did require deposits but thankfully they were refundable deposits if we opted not to go with that daycare so we we were uh, financially thankfully able to do that. Awesome Um, I'm going to go back to the paternity leave a little bit and ask you some questions about that if that's okay. Of course. Um, So in terms of policies for staff physicians or, um, you know, things that are set in place, is there a place for parental leave already built in to, I guess, your sick days? How does it work when you want to 
take time to spend time with your baby? Yeah, so it's a very good question. So on, Ontario specifically does have a pregnancy and parental leave benefit available through the Ministry of Health. Uh, I personally did not qualify for this because the way my family medicine is structured, I was getting capitation payments. It was a, a rostered based system. So even while I was away, I'm still getting money directed to me. So because of that, I did not qualify. And in addition to that, um, I during my paternity leave, I still opted to work a little bit in palliative care just to keep things up and, and also not have to hire a locum for palliative care. Uh, so I, I was still getting some income that way. So I, I did not qualify for the official leave money, but I did have income still coming in towards me. So I was able to self-fund my paternity leave. Um, basically, just to to simplify how I did my paternity leave, I, I decided to get a locum to cover my family medicine practice during those six months. Um, things have gotten very difficult, unfortunately, nowadays to secure a locum, uh, just given the state of family medicine and, and the lack of government investment in family medicine. Uh, but at the time when I was looking for my locum, I was successfully able to lo locate a locum, thankfully. Um, so I, I basically got my clinic to help me develop a locum agreement. They had some experience with other locum agreements that they had done in the past. So uh, we got that set up. Uh, the locum agreed to cover my family medicine practice. Um, again, it was basically just uh, two days a week that they had to, to cover my practice given my smaller roster size. Um, and then as mentioned previously, my, my palliative care practice, I decided to still work that during my paternity leave, but I cut that down to just one day a week in person. And then I was available for virtual management uh, the rest of the time, just during the daytime, uh, kind of during my downtime with baby. So whenever I had a free, a spare moment, I would uh, be able to pick up the phone and deal with some things virtually that way. Thank you for clarifying that, because I know it's a question that myself and definitely others have um, when planning or thinking ahead about, um, you know, what time off really looks like and what the consequences yes. might be. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you face any challenges um, taking paternity leave with finances, really anything during this parenthood process? Uh, so de definitely the the income does go down during during paternity leave just by by nature of lack of clinical work uh, so uh, for example my capitation payments for family medicine uh, primarily were going towards the locum for for coverage uh, during that time and because my roster is smaller I, I was getting less capitation to begin with so a greater proportion of that was going towards the locum but I was very happy to have a locum covering me um, it's it's also very important to set clear expectations of the locum beforehand so uh, for for example, how many days uh, you'd like them to cover for you, if, if that works with their schedule, um, what, what's being done with the inbox, because a lot of what family medicine is, is dealing with things that come into the inbox in terms of documents, labs, right. um, reports from specialists, that sort of thing. And, and these come in day day in, day out, regardless of if the, the family doc is working that day. So it's important to set up expectations for who's covering for that and, and who's dealing with the urgent issues that pop up on days when maybe the locum is not working. Right. And um, I know I spoke about challenges, but um, what were your biggest support systems to kind of, you know, propel yourself through this time? Because I can imagine being a new parent and then also dealing with all this, you know, ch change in your practice and having the locum can probably be difficult. Um, so, yeah, what were your support systems at that time? Uh, so, so definitely, my, our, our families were, were very supportive of us. Uh, so we're, we're very thankful for them. Uh, definitely, after delivery, uh, my partner's mother has bailed us out on numerous occasions <laughs> when when uh, both my partner and I had to work, and uh, it didn't work with our schedule to to be doing the childcare. Uh, so we we were very thankful for for that for that. Uh, 
definitely some other supports that we utilized were uh, Google Calendar. Basically, it's Google <laughs> Calendar become kind of a, another member of the family. So right. basically, uh, we, we utilize that even up to a year in advance to kind of plan out our schedule, see exactly which days we're working, who's who's doing what when. Because uh, sometimes I have to work after hours or on weekends. And similar with my partner who does shift work, uh, she has to work at various times. So it's very important that we ensure that someone is around for the child care. Uh, so that that was also very key. <laughs> I love the Google Calendar being a member of your family. I feel like it's already a member of my family. So yeah, uh, my partner will have to get with that. <laughs> you do you have one child now? Yes, okay. yes. Uh, so they're they're four years old right now. You're four, and how yeah. has it been parenting a four year old? It has been a, it's a definitely a journey, but a very happy journey nonetheless. Like it's it's very encouraging to see how they're growing and developing, how their minds developing, how they're picking up things, learning things, uh, queuing in on on things that we teach them, and and they're asking really interesting and intriguing questions, and then building on that to develop more knowledge and uh, just seeing how they're exploring the the world around them. It's, it's been an amazing journey so far. And I know the listeners can't um, see your face, but I will just like to say that you are beaming with a smile when you talk about <laughs> your child. So um, I, it, it sounds like it's it's truly just a joy. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Um, were there any unexpected challenges of being a new parent that you didn't really plan for that kind of came up while also balancing your career? I would say the main challenge, as mentioned before, was the scheduling. So yeah. again, using Google Calendar was was key uh, because we had to make sure someone was around for daycare drop-offs, daycare pickups, after-school activities, weekend activities, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's it's really important to be flexible. Uh, so for for me, my schedule happens to be more flexible than than my partner's. Uh, being working mostly daytime hours for for my my work, so I was able to reschedule things if need be or try to move around and after hours clinic if, if uh, one didn't work for, for our schedule. Um, and for some things, I, I do serve on some leadership boards as well. So uh, for some things, I've had to organize them really late at night after my child goes to bed, uh, that sort of thing. So it's just important to, to be flexible. And, and again, Google Calendar has been really <laughs> integral in this process. So to all the listeners, um, the biggest message is Google Calendar, please. Yeah. And thank you. And don't uh, try to get on the daycare wait list a day before your child is born. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so all the procrastinators. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you said that being a parent is just a joy in and of itself. What would you say is the best thing about being a dad? Uh, I, I would say that just what what I said before, essentially, just uh, watching my child grow and develop over time, and and uh, seeing the relationship that he has with me, uh, mm-hmm. and the sense of humor that he has, and he really loves spending time with me, uh, and I, I and and likewise I, I with him. Uh, so we, we've had a, a really great uh, journey thus far, and I'm I'm looking forward to many years to come. Amazing. Um, I ask all my guests this, um, if you had a magic wand and could somehow go back in time and this hypothetical situation um, and change something about your life, would you or would you not and why? 
Hmm, interesting question. I, I would say I, I probably would have traveled even more. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I did travel here and there before having a child, uh, but there's so much of the world I have not yet seen. And it's it's definitely much harder with a small child to be doing a lot of traveling, especially crossing time zones. Uh, so we, we have done the occasional traveling here and there, mostly within Canada or a bit in the US and uh, a bit to Mexico, that sort of thing on, on, on small vacations here and there. But uh, definitely I'm looking forward to to when he gets a bit older, uh, going to things like theme parks, uh, uh, perhaps even even older, going on bigger excursions, uh, maybe journeys to other continents, that sort of thing. But uh, definitely, if, if you have the financial ability to do so and, and the flexibility in your schedule, I, I would advise everyone tra travel as much as you can before having a child. Um, and as you reflect on your own story here, is there any piece of advice you would give to your past younger self, uh, maybe as a resident or as a medical student, even that you would have liked to hear? Yeah, so so I'd, I'd say that's something that I've learned in, in the palliative care world uh, is that no one at the end of life wishes that they spent more time or mental energy at work or worrying about work. Uh, but what, what seems to be quite common is that they all wish they spent more quality time with the people they care about. That's something that when they're looking back at their life, they either are happy about that or wish that they spent a bit more. So I, I'd probably have told my younger self not to worry so much about the small details and small stuff that uh, we as in, in the medical field uh, worry about but on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I even still recall worrying about all the little things in, in undergrad and medical school and residency. And now when I'm looking back, it's it's not those small details that really mattered. It was more the bigger picture, uh, how we felt overall. And, and things really do have a, a tendency to work out in the end. So I uh, know we, we're all in the same boat, we're all kind of very stressed out at, at all times in, in the medical journey, but uh, things do work out and it's important to just kind of enjoy the ride and, and know that things will work out and not worry so much about the details. That's beautiful. I have to take all these pieces of advice um, myself because I'm so early in my training. I feel like I'm still on that perspective of every little thing matter matters. And if I mess this up, then I'm going to mess up my career <laughs> if I take the wrong move. So it's yep. really nice to hear you're well-versed into your career now and you have those perspectives. Um, I think medical trainees will really appreciate hearing those things. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Um, is there any other advice that you have for medical trainees, maybe about um, paternity leave or planning uh, having a child? For sure. So I'd say that there's a few things I can think about uh, that uh, I'd like to pass on to the medical trainee. So first of all, if, if you'd like a partner, do pick your partner well, uh, because uh, a good partner will will support you, will encourage you, you, you folks will grow together. Uh, a good partner is good for your mental health. Uh, so I'd say that's that's first and foremost, if you want a partner, not, not everyone wants a partner, but if you do, then do pick your partner well. Uh, secondly, I'd say choose your career well. Uh, so choose something you're really passionate about, something that you'd enjoy going into work for. Uh, and it doesn't mean that you'd be stuck in that job forever because me medical careers can be fluid, uh, especially, for example, something like family medicine, where we can adapt ourselves to so many areas of the healthcare system. And uh, thirdly, I'd say take it upon yourself to learn the basics of financials, uh, because many physicians do not have a pension or benefits, and many of us are self-funding these, self-funding 
things in the community if you're working in the community, like our own clinic, our staff, our EMR, that sort of thing. So it's important to master these financial aspects early and, and investing early as well so that you take advantage of compounding. And then uh, lastly, with respect to, to leave, uh, like paternity leave or maternity leave, I'd say uh, it, it does take some planning, but it, it can be done. So uh, you, you can use my example, for, uh, for example, that uh, I, I did want to take six months off uh, for paternity leave, but I had to intentionally plan that. I had to hire a locum. I had to reorganize how I was doing uh, palliative care. Um, I had to organize how I was going to be doing each day and, and seeing if that could logistically be done. But it, it can be done if you kind of plan early. Amazing. Thank you for sharing those words of advice. Um, there's a lot of information in this podcast, and we'll also link some resources about uh, the things you mentioned in the show notes from today. Um, and lastly, Stephen, we ask every one of our guests this, as in the name of the podcast, are you thriving or surviving? <laughs> I would say it probably depends on the day. Okay. Uh, so some, some days I do feel like I'm just surviving. I, yeah. I do make make lists to keep track of what I need to accomplish. And sometimes the list just grows and grows. And I don't feel I've made, made any headway in my to-do list, or mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've accomplished anything positive at work, or I'm feeling just really grumpy. And I don't feel like I'm being a good enough dad. And I think that's something that's quite common amongst all, all human beings, really. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when I when I look at the big picture, I realize in, in my personal case that I, I am thriving in, in, the, in the grander sense of things. Uh, I do have a happy life with my partner, a very happy, healthy child. Uh, we are in the careers that we've fought for for years uh, throughout undergrad, medical school, and so forth. And we finally achieved those, those careers that we wanted. Um, we're making positive impacts for our patients, uh, positive impacts in the field of medicine. Uh, I guess both my partner and I do take on some leadership positions as well. And uh, we do try our best to help out our colleagues as, as best we can. And, and overall, I'd say we're, we're just happy. I'd say overall, we are thriving. Amazing. So it depends on the day, but... Yeah. Big picture, as you said before, uh, yeah. driving. <laughs> yeah. We want to give you another thank you, Dr. Stephen. It was an absolute pleasure chatting about you today, about your perspectives on pat leave and um, what goes into planning for daycare and just being a parent overall and balancing an amazing career in palliative care and family medicine. This is Radha and Stephen signing off. Thank you so much. Thank you.